0: Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show, Quinn David Furness presents the Bean Tom Podcast for Friday, October first, twenty twenty one. What's going on? How are you? The countdown to two hundred is in full effect. This is gotta be where are we at? Let's see. That's the first week in November is 200. So, 99, 98, 97. This is episode 195. We're coming to you live from the north side of Chicago on a very nice October day. It's 79 degrees. Not a cloud in the sky. Humidity is uh, not too bad. Uh, I, re- I went out to Target over my lunch break to actually get uh, a very exciting trip: toilet paper and paper towels. I uh, basically took out a whole acre of the Amazon. Although, do they use is acre a universal term, or is it just one of those cool American things that only we use? I don't really know. I never really talk forest management too much on this show but that's okay. We'll leave that to the experts. My name is Quinn. I am the showrunner, creator, caterer of this show. Quinn David Furnace presents the Beantown Podcast. Hello to all my friends out there in Pakistan, Karachi, Hyderabad, Kyber Pass. It's good to see you. We are the 100 and... uh, what, what was it? 112th ranked? Something like that. Comedy podcast in the country of Pakistan. Not bad. Close to the top 100. That's when you really make it big. Speaking of comedy, I'm excited. Uh, per the um, spurring... I don't know. Of uh, my dear friend, former college roommate Sam Anderson. Find him on Twitter at the real Sam Anderson. I think I don't know. There's also an actor Sam Anderson who was in Lost, one of the original uh, people who crashes on Flight Seven Oh Seven or whatever it is. Uh, but he uh, he had reached out. Sam the uh, the the friend, not the actor, had reached out a couple months ago when he saw that Hasan Minhaj was coming to. The Chicago Theater tonight for a set and he, he said he wanted to go. So I said sure let's do it. I bought these tickets probably back in like June or something and I'm excited. I've seen Hassan before once back in Beantown. So this will will be my second time, but I think it's Sam's first time and taking uh, my lovely GF Rachie with me and she will uh, be experiencing Hassan for the first time as well. So it should be a good time. We have beautiful weather. It's a Friday. It's been a busy work kind of Friday, but uh, I'm excited. You know, it's about three o'clock in the afternoon here. We are beginning to wind down here and looking forward, although this weekend is going to be very rainy here in chicagoland which is too bad uh but regardless looking forward uh been a been a long week i worked monday night tuesday night wednesday night uh, we went to the blackhawks game which was a lot of fun a little preseason action versus detroit um but you know it's a it's a trip it's an event and then <clears throat> excuse me taught last night till about eight thirty. i was really on fire teaching last night we were talking about uh Academic planning and uh, study strategies, that sort of thing, Um, you know, the college schedule, the quarter system compared to high school, and uh, we even, I'm so excited and I'm so proud of my students. DePaul, not to call out the university, but they have this video uh, that has become relatively famous, and, and she is known pretty well in the social science world. Tam, uh, I was going to say Tammy Duckworth. That's our senator. Uh, listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beans on Podcast. Some will on occasion, use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. That's our senator, dumbass. Angela Lee Duckworth is her name. She's like a social scientist, uh, and she like 8 years ago or something like that did a famous TED talk uh and her whole point is, it's about like you should just go watch it yourself or at least a clip on YouTube it's like 6 minutes long but she really gets into um the concept of grit which you know synonyms would be Moda, uh, not mode perseverance resilience uh, would be a good way to think about like what she 's talking about, and so her very unscientific study is all about like how grit is the most important thing, and to be fair she 's not. Um, I had to go back and rewatch it before I shared it in class yesterday because I'm always very critical of this video and this concept. And to be fair, when you watch her talk about it, she's not like, "Oh my gosh, this is the only thing. Like this is all that matters." She doesn't. She doesn't quite frame it that way. But I think the more so the way the university really likes this video and how much they really like subscribe to this concept or this philosophy of. Um, pedagogy not pedagogy but just kind of student retention persistence um, they love it Uh, and so a lot of what I teach is handed down from the university and so I uh, decided to not make a stand that's that's too strong of a phrase but I really framed it before I showed it to my students I was like hey Let's watch this. I encourage you to think critically about it. Like, what questions do you have about her argument? What evidence does she use to back it up? Of which there's very little. Uh, spoiler alert. But uh, it was great. I'm really proud of my students because we uh, we were supposed to spend like 10 minutes on this thing total, and that's 6 minutes of video watching. Uh, and then we ended up watching, or, uh, watching it and then d- discussing, debating, all that stuff for like 25 minutes, which is way longer than we were supposed to go. I had to cut some other things out but it was a really great discussion uh, and I gotta tell you like they were they were conversing at a level that uh I definitely wouldn't have been when I was 18 so really proud of them uh but the the point of my original story was it's been a long week right Monday was till like I don't even remember what I was doing Monday night but I was working what was Quinn doing when oh I had a meeting at 8 p.m how do you like that on Monday night Tuesday, I finished at 8. Wednesday, you know, we got home at, like, 11. Last night, got home at, like, 9. So it's been uh, it's been a lot. And uh, even though, you know, another night out tonight, but just, you know, fun, go laugh, enjoy a beautiful night. It's going to be better than the Laugh Factory. I'll tell you that much. Hassan is great. So that's what we're doing uh, tonight. And next weekend, we'll be running the Chicago Marathon. We'll be doing our... Chicago Marathon special, and we've gotten uh, we've gotten suggestions leading up to that show that maybe I should run at least for a segment with my recorder and do a little uh, live check in. And I got to tell you, it's one of those things that's like a fun, cool idea for someone else, but then when you realize it's actually you, I just I'm not really interested because this this marathon. Similar to the last one I ran, um, although this one more so. The last one I ran, it was just going to, what I'm trying to say is like, it's survival mode. Like, I want to go sub four, and that's cool. That's a big goal. If I can do that, amazing. But if not, that's, I really don't care. I just want to finish. Because no one out there is like, oh my gosh, if he doesn't go sub four, what a train wreck. Like, no one gives a shit. I'm just out there running, like, trying to do this. What happened with my last marathon, the Marine Corps Marathon, four years ago, was essentially like I had been traveling so much for work, just like traveling straight through weeks on weeks at a time leading up to this thing, that it just was like I didn't have a ton of time. I was trying to run in, like, hotel gyms and stuff. It was just a disaster leading up to it. This time, the mileage has still been fine but the injuries are really piling up so uh it's it's back to survival mode if i if i can like make it through the whole 26.2 without really like feeling the craziness of the injuries at any point or at least you know nothing before like mile 17 or 18 like if i can do that i think there's still a chance for a sub 4 But if the, if those, you know, injuries start to hit at any point or they become more severe and, and granted I have, you know, I ran 20, I've run 20 twice this calendar year, I think once back in like March or April. And then once maybe like a month, a month and a half ago, something like that. I think I did 19, maybe like three weeks ago. Um, But you know, as it, as is the case for a lot of people training for a marathon, like I haven't gone over. 19 or 20, um, since the last time I ran a marathon, which was four years ago. And it's just, you kind of hold your breath, not while you're running. It's not safe, but you know, it's, it's like, I think I can do it, but there's a whole 10 K between what I've pushed myself to do recently and what it takes in order to make it happen. So, that's that's really the uh the beauty and simultaneously the horror of a marathon. I'm not one of those people who can like go out there and be running 60 or 70 miles a week in, you know, training prep for this. Do I have the body strength, stamina, health for it? Absolutely not, but even more so, do I have the time? No way. You know, you reach a certain point in adulthood. And this is even without, I'm not, I'm not trying to equate myself to parents or people who are caring for others, all that stuff. I pretty much got me and that's about it, which is great. It's a great privilege. But when you are, you know, you got a work commute because we're back in the office now, you're working three jobs you uh i'm still trying i haven't really talked about the piano much lately but i've i've been cooking up something significant you know i did the the um appassionata beethoven back in like april i put out a recording of that and i'm trying to do something of similar magnitude only larger longer bigger more challenging um and i've been working on that for a while but it's really kind of stuck in neutral cuz i just <clears throat> i'm still putting time into it but i just don't have enough time. Uh so you add all that and then like trying to have a small social life, nothing crazy, but it's just time there 24 hours isn't enough. Unless i want to go back to like grad school mode where 4 hours of sleep is the goal, i have no interest in ever like ever feeling like less than six or seven is a good thing. And I'm still like, if I can get to bed by 10.30, wake up by six thirty, eight eight hours, and I'm always up for a little bit in the night. Like that's that's the goal. So let's jump into uh, what I actually wanted to talk about today. And this shouldn't be too long of an episode because, and I know that's a classic thing to say on the Beantown podcast, but we're not going to do full ad reads. I still got a little bit of work to do before, uh, call it a weekend. Um, But one thing that I wanted to, or the thing that I wanted to go through, preview power rank, all that stuff. We're doing a power rankings today, as you probably saw from the title. Uh, Saturday Night Live returns tomorrow, excuse me, I believe, for its first episode. I don't know what season this is. It's like, forty seven forty six something in that range um and I believe it's owen Wilson and uh whew, I actually have no idea who the musical guest is oh Casey musgraves, who I hear a lot of people talking about i've listened to some of her stuff i don't really i don't I don't really get it, and that's okay like she's still very popular and other people can like her stuff, so I'll be interested to see what owen wilson uh is 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 gonna be like i know i think he has Is he in a Marvel movie coming up? He's in something. There's like the next Marvel movie. I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, they've already done Black Widow. They did the Shang Chi -Chi one. I think there's another one coming out that he's part of, or at least like a TV show or something. Um, Eternals, is that the name of it? Is that a movie or a show? I think Angelina Jolie is in it. Is that the one he's in? I have no idea. Uh, the one I'm really excited for, I don't really get pumped for many Marvel movies, but the new Spider-Man, which I think is like Christmas it comes out, uh, it's going to be amazing. I love all those Spider-Man movies, uh, the Marvel ones. I'm not a Marvel person, but those I love. the. I I mean, I really like them. I find them to be very entertaining. And the more they can focus on like the comic books and the villains and the less they can focus on, like, all this shitty Marvel world building, like, oh, who this character is going to pop up, or, yeah, that's a call, you know, back from the other movie, like, just give me a great superhero movie, and I'll be happy, okay? So, SNL is uh, returning tomorrow, October 2nd, Saturday Night Live, and uh, there is they announced the cast earlier this week for this season. And I wanted to uh, do a little power rankings. If nothing else, you can get a sense for like what current cast members does Quinn really like, Which ones does he not quite care for? This is not a definitive list. This is just my perspective and my opinions. So the biggest shift from last season and from the last mini seasons, Beck Bennett has departed, which was I don't think expected at all because he's kind of been like, as far as like the straight white like lead like he that's he's kind of filled that role for a while uh, on on Saturday Night Live, and I don't think anyone was really expecting him to take off cause he or to to the leave because he really doesn't. Or hasn't, as far as I know, done a ton uh, outside of Saturday Night Live. At least, not anything that's terribly like popular or well known by my standards. So, I was kind of surprised to learn that. I'm, I'm curious to see what else Beck has, uh, you know, moving forward. I've never been like a like. He's never been my favorite. But you know he's just he'd been around he he must have done like at least seven or eight seasons, um, and so after a while he's just like you can't imagine the show without him. So that's going to be uh, I, I think there's a big a, a big kind of void with him leaving that I don't you know looking at this this cast right now I've got all the names in front of me I don't really know like who really steps in for that so. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to give you the list of names of the cast in alphabetical order. There's 21 of them, and then I'm going to just go 21 to 1, worst to best. Um, so here we go. So this is just presenting you the list of names in alphabetical order, uh, starting with a new person, Aristotle uh, uh, Atari, or Athari? I don't know, A-T-H-A-R-I, Aidy Bryant, Michael Che, Pete Davidson, Mikey Day, Andrew Dismukes, Chloe Fineman, Heidi Gardner, James Austin Johnson, Punky Johnson, Colin Jost, Kate McKinnon, Alex Moffitt, Kyle Mooney, uh, oh, uh, how do you say her name? Ego Odom, I think. Uh, Chris Redd, Sarah Sherman is new, Cecily Strong, Keenan Thompson, Melissa Villasenor, and Bowen Yang. Okay, so there is our cast, and yeah, they all got their repertory player, featured player, whatever. It just means Lauren pays them minimum wage, or he doesn't pay a minimum wage, I guess. So, I'm going to jump right in. And I'm just going to, you know what? I, I put numbers by their names, but I believe there's three new people. And I'm just, oh, there was another, there was, I mentioned uh, Beck Bennett left. There was another white lady from last year who's kind of like 80 Bryant Light. She was in the cast for one year, I think she's gone to, I don't know what her name was. She wasn't very impactful from a show perspective. Uh, no offense to her. So there's three new people, and I have them ranked in my list, but it, it it doesn't really matter. Okay, 21 through 19. So the three new people, Sarah Sherman, James Austin Johnson, and Aristotle, Atari, uh, or Atari. Just looking at their pictures, I got them here on NBC.com. Aristotle's kind of got some piercing blue eyes, sort of got like a, a younger... Um, What's his name? The Danish guy who plays Hannibal. He was in Rogue One. Um, well, this is embarrassing. What is his name? Hannibal Actor. You know, the the new TV show. I'm not talking about Anthony Hopkins. Um, Mads Mikkelsen. Boy, it's embarrassing. I love Mads Mikkelsen, especially his Danish films. He's kind of like if Mads Mikkelsen was maybe like a little... Halfway Asian or something. That's John Paul Pandusky's, uh Snapchat username, Halfway Asian, because uh, he's half Filipino. He's kind of got that vibe with, like, the piercing eyes. And then the other two new people, we've got James Austin Johnson, who looks like every white guy who's ever, like, led an improv troupe. He's, like, half blonde, half ginger with, like, the round glasses. And then the other new person's a female. Sarah Sherman. I I put her at number 21 because when I saw her picture, she really spooked me. She looks like – I'm not a fan of the, like, trying to look super retro, like, give me the shitty, like, 70s or 80s hairstyle. That's kind of what I'm seeing from this picture. You should just do a quick Google search to look at her. I am not – Judging anything about her comedy or her humor, because I've never heard her talk before. But this whole style that she's got going on is very spooky to me. She's got like basically black hair, dark, dark brown black hair, the like old retro, like wire glasses, super big lipstick is a little bit too strong for me personally. I don't know if she's trying to be like the next Paula Poundstone or what her strategy is, but I guess we'll just we'll see what she has to prove. Okay? <clears throat> what what kind of chop she has. All right, so now we're gonna get into number 18, Punky Johnson, who's been around, I think this is her second year. She's an African American female. She really like wasn't given anything to do last year. Nothing interesting. She, you really don't from what we've seen of her, we really haven't like gotten to see her personality shine. I have no idea what her like comedy is like. So, she's at number 18, number 17. And uh, I know some people actually really like her, and uh, she probably gets some more action started this year now that Free Britney is in full swing. But Chloe Feynman, she's a Scientologist. She really spooks me more than Sarah Sherman. Her eyes are just like, whoa, like they're looking right at you. It's just hopefully she's a nice person, but I don't know. The Scientology, something about her vibe is just a little bit too much for me, like makes Tom Cruise look like he's on Xanax. I don't know. It's a little bit too much. I'm putting Chloe at 17. Number 16, this is tough. I put ego odom i think that's how you say your name, so we're all on the same page first name e g o last name n w o d i m when you hear Daryl Hammond announce it it's i think like ego as in the waffles and then odom like Lamar odom i think that's what we're at getting at here she's she's solid um you know she's done some some good stuff uh i i i tend to like her, but I kind of feel like she always kind of has it's kind of just like a one one trick pony, like she has got kind of the same thing going on, S- similar to like uh, the way I felt about Leslie Jones, who is very much just like the same person every single sketch, and that person was very funny. But over time, you're just like, okay, all right. So that's kind of how I feel about about uh, Ego Odom at number 15, Bowen Yang, and this is tough. There are sometimes in Bowen. This is I think his third year. Uh, he's the first Asian American SNL cast member. And I think he's also bisexual or gay. I'm not sure. But there are many sketches where I just, like, love what he's doing. And I think he really adds a lot to the overall success of the show. And then there are other sketches where it is just, like, way too much. I'm like, dude, it was funny the first time you did it. Now you took it up to an 11. And it's, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm guessing that I'm just, like, too cynical too um pessimistic and i bet that there are like most people out there watching when he really like goes off the deep end in sketches with like his flamboyancy and just like all that stuff i'm sure people love it it's just not for me i'm not uncomfortable by anything or anything i just think it's like it i think he's very funny at a certain level and then he just like keeps going and it's like okay Bring it back in, you know? So I've gotten him at number 15. Number 14, uh, a person who doesn't really get talked about, but I think he's really solid, Andrew Dismukes. So he came on. He was new last year. He was like a college student that just graduated. He's very young. I think he's like early 20s. And he's kind of a, I think he's from like Louisiana or something. He's kind of a basic looking white guy, pretty thin. But I just think he's got like very good range, He's uh he really impressed me. He got a lot of uh, a lot of work last year in his first year. I think last year was his first year. Um and I can't really, you know, put a finger on it, but I just think he's like very solid. I think he's one of the better actors on the show. Um and I've seen some of his stand-up as well. It's it's, it's pretty solid. So I put I put Andrew at 14. Number 13, I'm probably going to take some heat from this because it's my first kind of like controversial, like, whoa, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty low. Um, email us, yahoo.com Again, it's yahoo.com to let me know how much you like or dislike this pick. And give me your rundown, your list in general. I am putting Heidi Gardner at number 13. Here's the thing. Heidi Gardner was like that young, hot shot rookie who came up quick through the minor leagues, made her made a big splash in her first year as a rookie, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, is Heidi Gardner going to be the next Mike Trout? Or Gilda Radner? Or, you know, where is she going to go? And I just feel like it's a combination. Like, I feel like she really hasn't shown me all that much recently, and I also feel like she's just, like, hasn't been given that much to do and hasn't been on that much. So it's just kind of like... I still think she's she's really good, and I tend to like most of what she does. Except for most of the time when she's on Weekend Update, I'm just like, fast forward. This isn't working for me. Um, but I know she's very talented. I know she's got range because she's shown it before. I just feel like the last season to two seasons, it's been a little bit unimpressive for me personally. So that's why I'm putting Heidi Heidi Gardner at lucky number 13. Coming in at number 12 is Chris Red. And this is one that I really spend a lot of, not spend a lot of time. Anytime I see him I go back and forth. A lot of time I see Chris Red and I think he's great. Often he's like playing, you know, counterpart to Keenan Thompson. In fact, I think he's on Keenan's other NBC show. Um, but then there's sometimes like Chris Red will like act surprised all the time. Uh, or like be sarcastic in sketches, and i don 't know there 's just something about that that just for whatever reason doesn 't really work for me um I still think he 's he 's very smart, I bet his stand up is good, but sometimes just what they do for him in the sketches and you know, just like the lengths he goes to try to like be like physical comedy to an extent i don 't know it it doesn 't always work for me. I still enjoy him he 's been around for what like four or five years, something like this at this point. So he's been around for a little while. Uh, Number 11, this could be another kind of controversial one because I know a lot of people are like, this is their favorite. But Melissa Villasenor, who really has dropped off. Like if if we thought Heidi Gardner had kind of disappeared last year, Melissa Villasenor, she wasn't even on the show for like the first half or something like that last year. I don't know what was going on. Um, The thing with... With Melissa, she's like a huge YouTube – like her, her YouTube like impressions get a ton of views. And lots of people know her from that stuff. And a lot of the impressions she does on SNL are amazing. But it's kind of like I don't always feel like she really fits into the rest of the show or the rest of the cast. It's kind of like she's got some impressions that are amazing and are like probably the best impressions in terms of sheer accuracy – You know, since like Bill Hader, that's how good at impression she is. But it's just kind of like, is she like a solo show? Like, is there anything else really that interesting going on in terms of like how she works with the rest of the cast? So I put her a little bit lower. I also and this is no fault of her own. This is just my personal perception, like her voice, her like regular voice kind of irritates me. Um, so I just would struggle to rank her any higher. But I enjoy her, and I think some of her impressions are amazing, some of the best I've ever seen. Okay, So no shade. It's just where she ended up in the list. I had to put 10 and 9 together. In fact, the next two groupings are groupings. There's a quote for uh, for our, our blog. Uh, so this the first grouping is probably the one you're expecting. I have put uh, interchangeably at 9 and 10 Michael Che and Colin Jost because – they, they're they pretty much identical in terms of, like, what they do for the show. Obviously, their weekend update, they're both writers. I think Colin Jost is the head writer. Um, and you'll see them appear in, like, five sketches a season. Only the ones when you need, like, everyone and their moms, quite literally sometimes, to be on the show. Um, I mean, they've been doing weekend update for, what, like, five years, six years at this point? Um, so they're good... Love them. I really don't have any uh, negative things to say. I think they both do really well in their roles. And uh, Weekend Update, I think for most people, has been sort of the the high point of the show the last, you know, five, five-ish years or so. I mean, a lot of the Trump stuff was good for a while. Um, and then it really, in my opinion, just kind of fell off the wagon. Um the next grouping is another. I mean, there are four distinct men, but I kind of all think of them together, and I think they all kind of came up around the same time. So you've got, and I, I'll do this in order, so from eight to five, uh, although five and six are kind of interchangeable for me. So I've got Pete Davidson at eight. I've got Kyle Mooney at seven, Mikey Day at six, and Alex Moffat at five. I feel like in particular Alex Moffat and Mikey Day, like Beck Bennett were have for a while been very much like under the radar, not exactly household names like, you know, Bill Hader, Sudeikis, even Beck Bennett, like people are like, wait, who is that again? But I mean, especially Mikey Day and, and Alex Moffat. I mean, those guys have been on for like six or seven years at this point. Right. I mean, they are just like there every season. Um, But go, going back to Pete Davidson, like, yeah, Pete's great. He doesn't always do a ton in the show, but his weekend update stuff's pretty good. Um, I'm not, like, as in love with Pete Davidson as a lot of people are. I mean, he's a very popular just name slash celebrity at this point. Uh, I don't think, like, oh, my God, she's hilarious. I I don't think there's anything about, like, his jokes or his stand-up that I'm, like, yeah, that's amazing. Like how I feel about Hassan, who I'll see later tonight. Um, but, you know, Pete Davidson is just... Uh, character or personality as much as, you know, anyone else on this list and that that personality is typically pretty entertaining. Uh Kyle Mooney is 7, maybe the hardest person for me to place in this list. He's been around forever. He's just really weird. Obviously, if you've ever seen his YouTube stuff, you'll be like, "What the fuck was that?" Um but similar to Mikey Day and Alex Mafy, he's just been around forever now and uh some of his sketches, I think, are like some of his shorts that he'll do as digital shorts. I, you know, he's kind of like the the uh, took over for Andy Samberg's role essentially, and I think that stuff is good. Some of it is too weird; I don't get it. But then you'll see, like, okay, so a great example of something he'll do that I think is just like hilarious. Last year, towards the end of the season, when um, Daniel Kaluuya hosted, there's the YouTube short or the digital short. It's the you know youtuber apology video and that was uh uh, what's his we're just talking about him kyle mooney and daniel kalia like basically pulling pranks doing the fake like logan paul apology it was spot on it's low-hanging fruit it's easy but they executed it perfectly that sketch is amazing and that's all from the mind of kyle mooney so i really like that mikey day and alex Moffat, five and six you could have them be interchangeable if you don't really know who they are just by listening, you know when they do Don Jr. and Eric, that's uh, – Don Jr. is uh, is Mikey Day and Eric is um, Alex Moffat, respectively. They're just they're – like Beck Bennett, guys who I don't think are any people's, like, number one favorites, but they have just been around. They execute well. I think they're both really good writers too. Um, and they're just, like – it's hard to imagine the show without them. Uh, I mean, not having Beck Bennett is going to be hard this year, but eventually when those two guys leave, it's going to be like, yikes. So I have them at five and six. Okay, now we're into the top four. This is like pretty big time stuff now. Number four, 80 Bryant. And I'll be honest with you, especially with some of these, uh, I don't, what What is it, like, J.C. Penney or something she's doing. Old Navy I think she's doing commercials for right now. I hate those commercials. Uh, and I don't, you know, AD Bryant, I, I, I like most of what she does. She's not like an all-time favorite of mine. But you got to give respect where it's due. I mean, this is what her like eighth season, ninth season, something like that. Um, she also wasn't around much last year. She was filming another show that I think got canceled. I'm not sure. Um, but she just, she knows her role she plays it very well. I'm pretty damn entertained, like, any time I have her uh, on the show. One of my favorite sketches from last season was when it's, like, they're exchanging uh, – g- it's, like, she moved into a new house, and so, like, her girlfriends are there. They're, like, giving her home housewarming gifts, and they've got the, like, silly, like, live, laugh, love slogans on them, but they increasingly target her um, apparently unrealized alcoholism, and it's just – like, two bottles isn't enough for me. You know, obviously, it's 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 an actual joke. It's not something like that. But that sketch was awesome. So I put A.D. Bryant at number four. Okay, number three, and I know this is a lot of people's number one, and a lot of people consider this person to be the most talented person on the show. I've always been uh, a fan, more recently getting rubbed the wrong way, especially with those goddamn Verizon commercials. I'm putting Kate McKinnon at number three. Um, yeah, she's good. Very uh, good actor, great timing, Um, but she's kind of, in my, like, mental headspace, wearing out her welcome a little bit. So, she's still great. She still pretty much carries any sketch she's in, but um, I don't know. There's just, like, especially if you don't know the Verizon uh, advertisement campaign I'm talking about, those, she is just, for me, not trying to push this on anyone else, but for me, she's really insufferable in those, so... Still like her. She's great, especially Ellen. It'll never get old. Okay, so we're down to one and two. I think, I don't think, I hope no one is going to be upset about this because these two are just like, for me, in my mind, king and queen. Uh, Number two, Cecily Strong. Been around for a long time now. She's just... She just get, I feel like she just gets it or at least in my head, like gets my sense of humor, I guess. It's probably the better way of putting it. But I, I don't really have anything else to say about Cecily. Like she's amazing. Came through Second City. Um, yeah, I just think she's awesome. I will watch anything she does like until the end of time. And then number one, who else could it be? Kenan Thompson. I, I, there's nothing you got to say. Okay. Longest tenured cast member of all time. Lauren just pretty much lets him do whatever he wants to do. Uh, some episodes, some sketches, like, he, yeah, he's totally mailing it in, but at other times, it's just like he's Keenan, right? Keenan is SNL. Okay. What is, I mean, he's, this is season like 18 or something from. It's crazy. I don't have anything else to say. He, he's number one, has to be number one. That's how it goes. Okay, so from 21 to 1, SNL season whatever, 20, 2021, 2022, that's a mouthful, cast list power ranking. We have Sarah Sherman, number 20, James Austin Johnson, coming at 19, Aristotle Othari, although all three of those are interchangeable. Okay, so with the returners, number 18, Punky Johnson, number 17, Chloe Fineman, number 16, Ego Odom. Number 15, Bowen Yang. Number 14, Andrew Dismukes. 13, Heidi Gardner. 12, Chris Redd. 11, Melissa Villasenor. 10, Michael Che. 9, Colin Jost. 8, Pete Davidson. 7, Kyle Mooney. 6, Mikey Day. 5, Alex Moffitt. 4, 80, Bryant. 3, Kate McKinnon. 2, Cecily Strong. And number 1, Keenan Thompson. What would your list look like? Let us know in the comments. Like, share, subscribe. Email us, BeantownPodcastYahoo.com. Tweet at me. I am at WhiteBuns. The show is at BeantownCast. You can find our show, BeantownPodcast.com slash podcast, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search for Beantown Podcast, and we will be there. I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors before we go, Home Pride Oregon. If you need your home inspected, you live in the Central Oregon area, call Steve, 541 316 or go to HomePrideOregon.com. He'll get you taken care of. The Samson Q2U series has got crisp, clean audio quality, perfect for a beautiful fall day like today. When God speaks, he uses Samson. And our good friends, Cuts by Q, I shaved the front of my neck today, the back of my neck on Wednesday. It has been a big week for the QMeister. When you need a fresh, do something snappy or new. Call the experts at Cuts by Q. And our good friend's Milky Way. Unofficial sponsor, but I have a fun-sized Milky Way bar that I am going to be consuming after this. I got to tell you, I feel like most people I talk to, like Rachel, friends, myself, uh, except not myself. I just talk to myself. But this doesn't work for the purposes of this story. They like Their offices have gone into Halloween mode, and they're like decorated and have, you know, baskets of candy gorges worth of candy uh and it kind of makes me feel sad because like we don't do any sort of decorating like that like there's no festivities in our office um and certainly no candy but at the end of the day i'm like you know what that's a good thing because i really don't want to weigh like 240 pounds so probably a good thing Folks, I promise you a shorter episode, and I'm not going to dilly-dally anymore. I said what I wanted to say. I still got a little bit of work to do. Then I'm going to go see a banging comedy show tonight. And uh, that's about all there is to say. So thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope everyone enjoyed that. SNL will uh, resume tomorrow night, Saturday, October 2nd. And uh, I will be tuning in. Probably not live. I'll be asleep. But the next day on Hulu, assuming they keep doing that. Shout out to sister of the podcast, Abby Furness. I think she pays for Hulu. Good stuff. That's what I got for you, everyone. I hope that you are enjoying this fall weather. Welcome to Spooktober. Let's get that music going. Everyone, stay safe. Stay sane. I'm going to check in on you next time with our marathon special. Bye.